0: The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by Delta Airlines, the commercial airline the U.S. military trusts to perform maintenance on its aircraft. Learn more at deltatakingaction.com. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, November 2nd. In today's news, Ryan Zinke is in Donald Trump's doghouse. Newly uncovered emails show Roger Stone presented himself to Trump campaign officials as a WikiLeaks intermediary, and the Saudi crown prince described Jamal Khashoggi as a dangerous Islamist during a phone call to the White House shortly after the journalist's disappearance. But first, the big idea. The president is trying to capitalize on racial divisions in the apparent hope that fear will drive Republican voters to the polls on Tuesday. Yesterday, Trump ratcheted up the anti-immigrant rhetoric that has been the centerpiece of his midterm closing argument. He portrayed a slow-moving migrant caravan, consisting mostly of families traveling on foot through Mexico, as a dangerous invasion. He also suggested that if any migrants throw rocks, they could be shot by the troops he has deployed to the southern border. Here he is on Thursday evening in Columbia, Missouri. These are not angels. These are not little angels. These are tough people, and we're not letting them into our country. They're not coming At the same rally, Trump questioned again whether it was really just by accident that the caravans were forming. He said somebody had to have been involved. Earlier in the day, he suggested that he, quote, wouldn't be surprised if that somebody was billionaire philanthropist and liberal donor George Soros, who is frequently the target of anti-Semitic conspiracy theories. There is no evidence that Soros was behind it but he was targeted by one of those pipe bombs last week. And the man who's alleged to have perpetrated the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting posted frequently about the migrant caravan online. Trump also warned during the rally that birthright citizenship could allow a hypothetical example of a dictator who hates America having a baby on American soil, and then their son or daughter becomes an American citizen. Hundreds of thousands of children born to illegal immigrants are made automatic citizens of the United States every year because of this crazy, lunatic policy that we can end, that we can end. We need support, but we can end. But against this backdrop, Trump offered few specifics on how he would end what he calls abuse of the U.S. asylum system. The president offered no legal rationale for his plan, and he brushed off questions about the legality of some of the methods he suggested could be employed, such as detaining families indefinitely or refusing migrants a hearing in immigration court. That would almost certainly violate international law. Such moves would trigger certain legal challenges from civil rights groups. A lawsuit filed Thursday in D.C. federal court on behalf of six Honduran citizens argues that the president's response to the caravan violates the rights of asylum seekers by aiming to block them from entry or by detaining them indefinitely under unsuitable conditions should they arrive. My colleagues David Nakamura and Nick Miroff report that attorneys at the White House, the Department of Homeland Security, and the Justice Department have struggled in recent weeks to make the president's sweeping demands to suspend humanitarian protections comport with U.S. laws. In a sign that the administration is moving to carry out Trump's orders, DHS has asked the Pentagon to provide up to 8,000 family detention beds at two sites. In another example of the president trying to stoke fear, Trump released a new web video linking Mexican immigrant and convicted murderer Luis Bracamontes to Democrats. It's been widely denounced as racially charged, including by retiring Republican Senator Jeff Flake. And it was also based on a falsehood. The ad says, quote, Democrats let him into our country. But Bracamontes, who had been deported multiple times before his crime rampage, appears to have last entered the country in late 2001 or early 2002, while George W. Bush was president. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump has asked for more details about the Montana land deal involving Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke that is now under scrutiny by the Justice Department. White House officials lost trust in Zinke earlier this year when he traveled to Florida to meet with Republican Governor Rick Scott. While there, Zinke publicly announced that he would exempt that state from the administration's new plan to allow offshore drilling. He did so without consulting the White House first, and it has given standing to legal challenges by other states. It's also unleashed a flood of opposition to the plan from other GOP governors. It made Trump very angry, so he is more amenable to be critical of this land deal scandal. Trump told aides that he's afraid Zinke has broken rules while serving as Interior Secretary, and he's concerned about a potential Justice Department prosecution. But the president has not indicated whether he will fire Zinke. In other personnel news, the Wall Street Journal is reporting that State Department spokeswoman Heather Nauert will be appointed to replace Nikki Haley as the next ambassador to the United Nations. Nowert is a former Fox News correspondent who had no diplomatic experience prior to last year. Number two, a newly uncovered email shows how Roger Stone, Trump's longtime confidant, presented himself to the campaign in 2016 as a pipeline to WikiLeaks. The New York Times reports that back two years ago, Steve Bannon, who was in that time in charge of the Trump campaign, emailed Stone to see what WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange meant when he announced that he'd release a flood of documents related to the presidential race. Stone replied, quote, a load every week going forward. The email supports what Bannon and other former senior campaign officials have told special counsel Bob Mueller's team about Stone's relationship with WikiLeaks. Stone, though, told The Post earlier this week that he had never discussed WikiLeaks at all with any Trump campaign officials. Number 3. The Saudi Crown Prince described Jamal Khashoggi as a dangerous Islamist in a phone call to the White House shortly after the slain journalist's disappearance. In the call, which occurred before the kingdom publicly acknowledged Khashoggi's death, Mohammed bin Salman urged presidential son-in-law Jared Kushner and national security advisor John Bolton to focus on preserving the U.S.-Saudi alliance. The prince also accused the journalist who wrote columns for the Washington Post as a contributor of being a member of the Muslim Brotherhood, a group Bolton and other senior Trump officials oppose. Khashoggi's family says that accusation is inaccurate. The attempt to criticize Khashoggi in private stands in contrast to the Saudi government's later public claims that the death was a, quote, terrible mistake and terrible tragedy. On Thursday, several of Trump's top evangelical advisors met with the crown prince in Saudi Arabia, White evangelicals have met in recent months with other Middle Eastern leaders whom they see as allies in countering Iran. The evangelical leaders believe they will gain more tolerance for Christian minorities in their diplomatic efforts. A spokesman for the group said they discussed Khashoggi's killing and other human rights issues with the crown prince, but they declined to offer specifics. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, November 2nd. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. Have a good weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.